It's the journey we're on and all of the little things that happen on the way to our goals that really make the difference. We're going to continue with the pursuit. Welcome back to another episode of Pursuing the Process. And no, this is not some just regular episode that you're going to listen to that it's on some random date. I'm sure you'll love it either way. But today's episode is very, very special. Why? What is special about today's episode, John Barnes? It is the first episode coming off of our Pursuing the Process one year anniversary. If I had a noise Sound the horns. Best thing I could do right there. Uh, the, what did the you even do are, to create that? I, dude, I don't know. It sounded like a turkey call or a duck call. I don't know. But balloons are falling from my ceiling. Uh, my family is just celebrating like crazy in the background. You should, you should see them right now. They are, I've got friends and family here. It just have a massive party going on for the one-year anniversary of pursuing the process. Heck yes. I'm actually on a float going down Market Street in San Francisco. They're hosting a parade for me specifically for the anniversary of this. So I'm actually waving. There's confetti cannons going off. So pardon the background noise. You know, uh, it, we're all celebrating in our own unique way. And uh, I, I just want to also celebrate by thanking all the pursuers. You guys have been awesome inspirations for us. Somehow we've made it to one year. I don't know how we did it, John, with our crazy lives <laughs> and all the travels that you've had and, and the trans life transitions that have gone on. But uh, I was just telling some coworkers this week when I got in front of them, I talked about my background and my love of podcasting. And I just said, you know, this is something I'm going to put out into the stratosphere. And I think what's most important to me, quite honestly, is for, you know, people who know me to go back and listen uh, as a kind of a chronicle of my life. You know, my kids will be able to go back and listen to these episodes and hear dad be a, a goofball and hear about things that are important to me and things that are important to you, John. And I don't know, man, it just it just hit me that, you know, we've done this for a year and this is this is going to be a really awesome journal for us uh, of our lives. Mm, that's intriguing. I never really framed it up that way. And like you said, to come a full year, it's one thing to start something, but to stick through with it and continue. We have seen just a lot of personal growth in ourselves, we've seen growth in our community, people that we've been connected with through pursuing the process and what they've done in their lives, new guests that have come on, stories that have come out along the way. And so much about this is storytelling and finding people that are doing things their own way and finding a way to pursue their own process, whatever that means to them. It is so individual. To celebrate a year is it's a big milestone. It got me a little more sentimental than I thought it was going to be. It was just, hey, another day. But then that anniversary date hit. October 18th was our anniversary. And it was really cool to reflect on what's been over the past year. Some of the funny stories along the way, some of the failed recordings, some of the time editing, some of the <laughs> chopping it up around it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That, and that's the other thing, too, is you're right. The guest relationships have been awesome. I still stay in touch with many of the guests that we've had. Um, you know, and that, that's, uh, been a great enhancement to my life. Uh, but it's also our conversations, JB, around the episodes, you know, staying up till 11 or 12 at night after we've recorded an interview, just kind of riding that adrenaline rush of getting another one, uh, in the books and the, the learning and the ins inspiration that we get, but just catching up on each other's lives. And I, that's also a really fun part of this. Yes, sir. It's one of my favorite parts. And in the theme of celebration, we celebrated our one year anniversary and the day after, talk about back-to-back -back celebratory, was Todd Hall's birthday. So happy belated birthday to you, Todd. 
Boom, baby. Hey, October is an incredible month. It really is. Just it's my favorite great, month of the year. Great time. <laughs> and now you add, exactly. Now you add the PTP anniversary into it. It's just very festive around the Hall House for sure. Uh, I would thank you for the belated wishes and for everybody out there who did. I felt like a very, very special guy this year. Um, and, you know, one of the, one of the things that I, I've started to do on an annual basis, uh, two years in a row, so now it's annual, is to take the day, my birthday, no matter what day it is, and usually if it's during the week, it's easier to do this, take the day off and go spend it uh, however you want. And for me, it's two years in a row, it's been Heidi and I going downtown, staying overnight in a hotel, and then just exploring the city and just being tourists in our own town. Um, last year, we biked downtown, we hit a bunch of restaurants and, and uh, you know, different uh, landmarks uh, downtown. This year, we went to the Public Museum for most of the day and just hung out. We, we watched IMAX movies and explored the museum. And, you know, it's just a really fun time to, to spend together and also just to, 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 to focus on experiences and not about stuff. And I just really, I, I really have appreciated that. So my advice, JB, take your birthday off no matter what day it is. Go dedicate it to doing something you wouldn't have normally done. And I think you'll be better for it. Mm, you heard it there. That's that is great advice because I think so often we're expecting things to just come our way. We come to our birthday and we're what are other people gonna yeah. do for us? Or you might look at yeah. how can I feel special today? Take it into your own hands. Like take time for yourself. Make time with people you care about. I mean, I know your wife planned some surprises for you, did an amazing job where you got to carve out that special time. But being intentional about being celebratory, I mean, gotta celebrate throughout yes. life. And I gotta give a shout out because I know she listens to every episode. My sister in law Heather was such a rock star. She watched the boys overnight, uh, the night before my birthday. And then we spent the day downtown and we come home and she's got a birthday celebration. The boys have gone all out uh, decorating the house. She made a wonderful meal for me and for us. It was awesome. So Auntie Heather, you rock girl. Thank you so much for, for making my birthday so special. Auntie Heather, MVP, MVP. MVP. Nice dude. We kind of coordinated there. Um, yeah, man. So, so I guess you're right. You're right, JB. I, I would say the overarching thing, if it's not your birthday, I'm actually on fall break right now. The boys had a couple of days off of school. I'm sitting here looking at beautiful Fox Lake, Wisconsin. We rented a house right on the lake in kind of central eastern Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, don't let these little moments, these opportunities for a couple of days uh, to step away from the day to day. Don't let those slip through your fingers because it's so easy to do and say, oh, I got so much work to do or, you know, I've got things to do around the house or, or whatever. And we all have day-to-day responsibilities. But when you have those opportunities, just seize the moment, man. Carpe diem, baby, as they say. Carpe diem. <laughs> and actually, add a little perspective here. I think this could add a lot of value to people. You mentioned fall break. I know some people might be familiar with the concept because in school you might have fall break. But in corporate America, when you have a big role in a big company, fall break isn't a natural thing. But it's something no. I've heard you say a couple of times. So what is fall break to you and how do you carve that out? Well, yeah, so it all starts with having an opportunity for, you know, the kids to step away from school and just having those little windows, whether it's a day or two days. In this case, it was uh, Ben was off two and a half days of school. And, and so, you know, Heidi and I have always committed to when we have those little windows of time, let's make the most of it. Let's go have another special memory. And, you know, last night we, we got to this house and I can't tell you the enthusiasm about of both of those boys to be in somewhere new, to have a new bedroom, to have bunk beds, to have. Uh, you know, a new experience to be able to hang out in the basement around a fireplace and exploring a, a new house. Um, and Graham um, kept talking about his cabin. I can't wait to get to my cabin. Are we at my cabin yet? And it was <laughs> just, it's those little experiences, man. And, and I think you don't get those if you just stay in the day to day. And uh, so that, that for us is, 
it's all I needed to see last night and everything else is gravy from here. Uh, and it puts a smile on my face thinking about Graham down there waiting for his cabin, seeing the boys in a new spot and both making the time to explore with them and also take time to reflect and just have the time to enjoy life. So often we work so hard, are in this striving mode, but make time to enjoy it. It's nothing without the little celebrations and the people around you along the way. And in the spirit of celebration, we are doing something for the very first time. It is actually the first time on Pursuing the Process history that we are bringing back a guest. One of the most viewed episodes. A guess who's back? Individual. Back again. <laughs> Big who's sh- back? Tell a friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if that song's going to catch on. We can rock with it. But Dude, we, we do got have this. Sam Hauser back on. Celtics, sharp shooter, big smooth himself. Been having a lot going on personally, professionally over this past year since we've had him on. Very excited to be back. Sam, glad to have you back. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, how we doing? I'm glad to be back. I'm excited for this conversation and building on <laughs> what we've done the last year. Oh, yeah, I man. love this. I love this. It's so almost a, a year. Start, just... It's almost a year to the day, by the way. We talked about this. But mm-hmm. uh, you, you are our second, second podcast we ever released. You are our guest. And you're still, by a long shot, Sam, the most popular that we've ever released. So, you know, that's just, just tell you that there's anticipation for this, this re- triumphant return that we've got going on here. Yeah, 100%. I'm excited for it. I'm excited. You know, most viewed episode, let's, you know, let's break that. Let's yeah, come on. Let's, let's break some records. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't 100%. know if it's by a long shot. I mean, I don't know if I want to give you too big of a head. There's some really close competitors, actually. <laughs> Maybe like one or two views. So well, we're going to better promote it heavy to make sure one, you yeah. stay ahead. But building on themes from last year, I mean, quick overlay, just some themes that you've seen in your life the past year. I know it's been a lot of change, but what are some themes that you've seen since we've talked last October? Man, uh, a lot has happened. Um, Yeah, I mean, I had my first NBA season under my belt, which was really cool. Uh, We made it all the way to the NBA finals, came up a couple games short, but nonetheless, that experience was awesome and can't really take that for granted. And, uh, after that, um, I was able to sign an extension with the Celtics to stay around for a couple more years. And and then I had another big thing happen this summer. got engaged to my fiance. Yes, yeah. sir. So, we love love. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> so got that all set up for next summer, the wedding in Milwaukee. And then um, now we're about to start year two of my NBA season. So And, and I'm back here. I'm pursuing the process. Oh, it's come, come full, full circle, circle baby uh-huh that's right full yes, circle so yeah. you did mention you did have an incredible run with the Celts. i know it was your two-way contract where you're back and forth got signed up brought up to the big leagues and all of a sudden you are on the court nba finals and <laughs> my goodness just talk through what that was like even the emotion of being on the court a surreal feeling for you i'm sure yeah i mean uh you know, I you know I was able to hit a three too, so yeah, I have a I have more points scored than a lot of people in the NBA. Yes, you do. Yes, <laughs> you in the NBA Finals. I I got I got some points. I made the stat sheet, so uh, definitely a cool story. I'll be able to tell for the rest of my life. And um, but hopefully this year we can get back and get over the edge and and get that ring and get that trophy and and celebrate on some duck boats on the Charles River in Boston. There you go. <laughs> oh. Hey, I want to I want to clean I want to clean something up from episode two of pursuing the process when you were on last. So we talked a lot about you being on a two way contract and that process of signing that two way contract. The, the name of the episode is you got 10 minutes. 
right? You had 10 minutes to decide which team you wanted to be a part of. And obviously it's worked out incredibly well. We'll get into that, but can, can we clean something up? Can you explain to, to, to listeners what a two-way contract was and the fact that you signed uh, a long-term deal um, and what kind of a, a massive opportunity that's represented for you? Yeah. So a two-way contract uh, to kind of break it down is in terms of the money, you get paid half of the minimum salary in the NBA and then being a two-way, you have a roster spot with the big league, but you also have a roster spot with the G League squad. And the I think there's – I don't know if it was last year and the year before with COVID, but there used to be a game restriction that you could have in the NBA. So you could only suit up for – I think the number was 50 games total for the max NBA. But you could play as many as you want in the G League. So okay. they kind of can send you back and forth whenever, basically throughout the season. It's like being on JV and varsity in high school, man. You can only play a certain number of quarters, right? <laughs> yeah, when, you were, exactly. when you were down and you had to come up. Uh, so, yeah. So, Sam's being a little modest. He signed in July, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Three-year, $5.7 million contract. Uh, so, congratulations to you, man. We're super happy for you. Um, I know it's been a journey, and we'll, we'll get into some of the details behind it. But, dude, that is incredible. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It was definitely a lot of hard work put into that. And, uh a dream come true really. And now I get to experience it and, but the work doesn't stop. You know, I, you know, I want to continue to show my worth and value in this organization, but also to the rest of the league, you know, cause a lot of guys don't stay in the same team for their whole career. Um, I would love to stay in Boston. But you just never know what happens. So uh, the work never stops. Yeah. That's one thing I love about your mentality too. I mean, early on right now. I mean, being this young, that kind of money, that's sticker shock right there. Like that is life changing <laughs> dollar amounts it really is. But I really do feel like you are focused on what you want to do. You're on a mission. You have your goals in mind and like you, you want to play, you want to show up. And I know recently there's been some injuries that potentially open up opportunities for you to take an even bigger role. And now all of a sudden I see you getting into the little competition with Jason Tatum, who's the star player for the Celtics on this whole shooting competition here. So where do you view just this opportunity coming up for you and the role you're going to play on the team this year? Yeah. I mean, you know, once you sign the, once I signed the contract, um, there was definitely a sense of just like financial security, which is great because you just, it's hard to get in this organization or in this business, I should say. Yeah. It's hard to get that. So that's, that's really, that's really cool. Um, But also like, once you sign the dotted line, it's just – it honestly made me want to just get right back into it and keep working and, and show that I, de- I was deserving. Um, but, you know, throughout the summer, you know, there was a couple injuries that happened with uh, Danilo Gallinari and, and Rob Williams, who both had to have surgery, unfortunately. And um, when I saw that happen, and I it, I didn't wish that upon anyone. Like, that, that's – you never want to see a teammate go down like that and – have to miss a full year like Danilo's going to have to. But uh, it's definitely, in my mind, is a next man up mentality. And I'm excited for whatever opportunities that I get. Um, hopefully it's more than last year. And hopefully I can go and earn stuff too by myself because, you know, nothing's really given here in this, especially in the NBA and even in life, nothing's given. It's all earned. So uh, I'm excited for the year. You know, we start up on Tuesday, so. We'll see if I crack the rotation or not, but either way, I'm going to be I'm be the best, uh, number one fan if I'm not on the court, so I'm excited. Yeah, this is uh, this incredible opportunity for you. And the Celtics could have gone out and found other other guys to fill that role, and they went with you. So, obviously, that's a huge vote of confidence. 
to, so walk us through a little bit more. What was it like to sign a contract for three years and $5.7 million? I mean, you know, I'm sure you as a kid, we talked about this on episode two of like what it was like for you growing up, hoping to be a professional basketball player and having sports be such a big part of your life. But here you are now um, with, with in a situation where now you just you've gotten that long term commitment to be a professional basketball player. Just what were the what were the things going through your head? Yeah, uh, it's crazy. You know, at the end of the year, so at the trade deadline, I got converted to a standard contract, um, which was a non-guaranteed. And then at the end of the year, they switched that up. We did a new deal and it ended up being the three-year deal. But, uh, you know, it really, I mean, the money's great, but honestly, like, you know, I, I grew up and I didn't want to be anything else but an NBA basketball player. And I think it's just kind of the, for the love of the game really at this point. And, the money's great for sure. Don't get me wrong. I can live with some financial freedom and have that. And that's important as well. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't really think about that honestly that much. I'm just worried about what I'm doing on the court on a daily basis and how I can get better and help my teammates and um, fit in this team and, and help us get over the edge. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. I mean, I think it really everyone wants that in the world, that financial freedom to be able to do what they actually love. Like, it's not about the money. It's about doing things you love and, when you're sure. on the biggest stage here, able to prove yourself, compete, and do this now, like that's that's pretty awesome. So from a day to day standpoint, does anything change now with your contract? You're coming up. I mean, it's life altering. You have a lot of changes coming up. Day to day, is it same work ethic, same things? Is there any minor tweaks that this helps you make? Yeah. So uh, the day to day stuff is pretty similar to what I've been doing. Um, you know, having one year under my belt helps. You know, everything kind of slows down. Everything's not a thousand miles an hour where I'm kind of running around with the chicken with his head cut off. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like I don't even like my new contract doesn't even start till the first of November. So really, like I haven't seen any of what is <laughs> to seen come. A dollar, so, man. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't really say much on that. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, from day to day, I'm, I'm just going in every day, just trying to get better and and show my worth. You know, I similar similar question, but a little different slant here. So what, what has it been like in the way that you've been treated since you've um, become, you know, an, an actual NBA full-time player with a legit, you know, NBA position and contract? Do people treat you differently now? Are you seeing that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, early on last year, you know, I was back and forth so much that it was really hard to, like, build relationships with not only my teammates, but the coaches and, and the, the higher ups in the organization, just because I wasn't, I, I wasn't always there. So I didn't get to see what went on on a daily basis. I'd be there for two days and have to leave and then come back a week and a half later. So now being able to be around these guys every single day has definitely uh, helped relationships build. And I definitely get treated a little bit different. I'm not a, not a rookie anymore. Yep. So that's, that's nice. Uh, that helps a lot of extra little things I had to do. But other than that, it's, it's been good. Yeah. Is there a role you found yourself playing? I mean, take your game and the actual basketball side side of it. Is there something that you found just as common ground? I mean, playing cards with the guys? Are you the funny guy in the room? Are you the listener? Are you you a shoulder to cry on? Who, who are you from the emotional side of the team? Um, honestly, like I feel like I can kind of talk and have a conversation with it. I think that's where I, I guess my value is off the floor with these guys is I have a lot of different interests and some of these guys have different interests and like a big bond with a lot of guys over is golf. 
Um, I know a lot of these guys love to golf and I do too. So it's easy to talk about other little things too. I mean, I feel like each relationship has own like specific characteristic per se. Um, like I'm not going to have the same conversation with Jason Tatum as I'm Williams, like just cause there's two different people. So I, I would put it that way. So that, that's another question that I did want to ask you too, is what observations have you had? Um, what are the similarities maybe between a, a college locker room and a pro locker room in terms of the dynamics and chemistry? And then what are some of the biggest differences that you've seen? Yeah. I, mean, I think the similarities are is like, you know, we're all, we're, we're hooping, we're hoopers, we're, we're playing for the same goal. Um, yep. And we're going to go out each and every day. And try I think that's similar in college and NBA. I think the differences are when it comes to like off the court stuff is, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily hang out with your teammates that much uh, when you get to this level. Not mm-hmm. saying that's a bad thing. I mean, we see each other for every day, eight months. So it's not like it's a huge deal, but uh, like guys got families and, and wives and, and children. So um, everybody has priorities once they're done at the gym to, to so um but like like last year the younger guys kind of hung out a little bit off the court because we have more things in common as opposed to like al horford who's got four kids and another one on the <laughs> yeah. way. Like, he's yeah. not going to want to hang out with us off the floor so uh that's probably the biggest difference well it's interesting like family relationship too because i think you always view it as oh it's a family dynamic on the court and granted it is but also it's also a job and you look at any other job, like that you always hang out with your coworkers, like to an extent, happy hours in a normal type of quote unquote corporate world, whatever job you're in, but like, right. you're not always together. Right. Right. But I right. Think yeah. Another edge you have outside of your just good old relatable Wisconsin personalities, the true roots where you can go chat it up with everyone, <laughs> but actually knowing your family and the support system you have around you, they have always been fully supportive of your goals, at least externally, you know, better than I, of course, but, what role has family played and even evolved as you've progressed in this journey and continue to gain momentum in your NBA career? Yeah. I mean, my family has been a huge part of my whole life and this whole journey from hoops club in Stevens point to, to the Boston Celtics now. So like, um, there are always people I can turn to. I talk to at least one of my family members every single day and, um, they're supportive of me. They also tell me how it is. Like if I'm not looking right on TV, mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going to call me out and be like, what's wrong? Uh, maybe try this, this, or that. But, um, yeah, like, whenever Joey's playing and I can watch, I'm tuned in. I'm the biggest Michigan State fan there is. Uh, even when my sister's on the bench for the Virginia volleyball team right now, like, I tune in and I'm cheering. Like, I'm I'm playing. So, or she's <laughs> playing and I'm watching her. It's just little things like that. Um, even with my parents, and like, my dad just got a new job. So, something to celebrate right there and, you know, my mom's kind of the rock of the family, so um, it's easy to celebrate her. Does yeah, no, you have a great support system and core group around you with that, and it's also cool to have people in any aspect of life, whether it's family or if it's friends that are able to shoot you straight. It's easy to get in a spot where people are just gassing you up, pumping the head, and to have someone knock you down or just knows or just be able to set you straight, not intentionally. Did you did you just say pump in the head? Did you say pump in the head, dude? Pump in the head, pump in the head. Must be an Irish slang I brought back from <laughs> Ireland. Yeah, I heard it yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow, I haven't heard that one before. Um, so I do, I do. So I, I want to share this. I've been saving this up. And Johnny, thank you for creating some kind of segue to this story. So oh <laughs> we've never heard this, but I've been saving this up for the next time Sam was on the pod. So uh, 
so John knows this. I got a chance to work security for the Milwaukee Bucks a couple different times. The first time I did it, um, I actually got to watch game seven of the NBA finals and watch them clinch against the Phoenix Suns. I got I worked security the first quarter and then I kind of disappeared into the arena and watched with everybody else. And it was an incredible experience. I got a second chance. Game six of the Eastern Conference and uh, Eastern Conference semifinals last year when the Bucks were playing the Celtics, your Celtics. So I am uh, last last year during game seven, I was in uh, inside doing security. This time they had me outside. OK, so, you know, they have those metal detectors and I was the guy with the wand. Right. So I'm standing there. Mm. Well, it was windy as hell. And there were so many people backed up trying to get into the Deer District. And I was between them and getting into the stadium. So there were a lot of pissed off people like in front of me waiting to get into the stadium. So I'm trying to get people through as quickly as possible with this damn metal detector because it was windy. It kept going off inadvertently. And so I didn't know exactly what the hell if people had metal in their pockets or not. And I'm trying to wand everybody. So next thing you know, I'm like wanting this family and like the, the, the woman standing there. And then there's two other people standing next to her. And so I finally get done wanding this woman and she's got her arms out and everything, you know, I'm doing the thing. And then I turn around and I see your brother, Joey. And I realized <laughs> I just wanded his mom. And I'm like, okay, that's the Hauser family. I got to say something to Joey about having his brother on the podcast. So I'm wearing this black security t-shirt and I turn to Joey and I go, Hey Joey, I had your brother on my podcast not too long ago. And Joey's looking at this guy that just wanted his mom. And he's like, he kind of looks at me weird and he goes, cool. And then he's kept walking. <laughs> That's the exact that was my encounter with the Hauser family. So I wanted to let you know, I, I told Johnny the story, but I want to make sure you knew that that was my my encounter with 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 your with your family and your brother so well when uh, joey say that one again so exactly you know. <laughs> See, that's the reason why i wanted him on so i could tell that story but i'll do it again because little do the listeners know we tried to have joey on he got caught up in media day for the big 10 which of course he's got to go do um but I'm, I'm sure he really strongly considered doing this instead but um yeah he, he yeah when we get joey tell you guys he wants to join the podcast eventually good. so good yeah well, save, save we'll that see. we'll see we actually have a pretty strict reviewing process so we got a big queue <laughs> backed up maybe we can get him in like 2025 maybe we'll see for sure for sure yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. never never have the lack of humility to fanboy a little bit be excited about it i love that <laughs> I, was, I was pumped I and then joey's face just was like it was priceless man and i was like oh, oh yeah that's yeah. true i am working security and just wanted his mom so yeah. I guess, uh, yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> Obviously, you and Joey always had the brotherly competition element growing up. Is there anyone where that brotherly competitiveness comes in now on your team where you develop a little more of that bond and it's, hey, you can get a little chippier, have little fun competitions like you do growing up, with little side bets or things like that in the squad? Yeah. Um, man, I always think, you know, not just the name dropping here, but JT Jason Tatum is always. You know, oh, hold, hold up, hold up. He goes, yeah. he goes not to name go. and he goes JT on it. Uh, I'm going to call you out for that. <laughs> yeah, no, flex, on, flex. But uh, um, <laughs> yeah, we've been having this debacle of who's the best. Shooter. Yeah. You know, he's claiming it's him. I'm claiming it's me. So every single day is practice. Like if I miss or he miss and we see it, it's like, you're the best shooter on the team. Okay, <laughs> like that, just subtle jabs at each other. So I'd I'd say it comes out a little bit with him, um, but like honestly, on a daily basis, like everyone's 
like you said, it, it, it's also a job. So everyone's kind of fighting for their livelihood. So it gets pretty competitive regardless of what we're doing. I do like the banter you guys have been going back and forth on. So, so Tatum says that, that you owe him a thank you card for opening up all those shots for you. <laughs> you know, so the thing was, I wanted to, to clap back at him is that Malcolm Brogdon was the one who was getting me yep. those shots. It wasn't him. So I read the same thing. I read the same thing. So, yeah. <laughs> well, also, I saw a quote correction that it wasn't just he thinks he's the better shooter. It's you saying that he doesn't really think that. Do you think at his core he doesn't even believe it? That's you know, cocky. Sometimes... That's cocky. <laughs> it is a little bit. It is. I love you know? it. Uh, it's a cocky confidence, I, I would say. So, yes, sir. you know, it is what it is. The guy gets 25 a game, so I can't really say much. <laughs> no kidding, yeah, man. True. He is. He's a superstar. Uh, yeah. What What are your expectations for this year? I mean, do you ha- do you have specific expectations and goals? Yeah, I mean, I think the main one is to to be a rotation player consistently. Um, and kind of earn my way f- through that. Uh, that's that's the big, that's the main goal for me this year. Um, I got other little individual goals that I wrote down, and probably I'm going to keep those to myself. But team goals for sure, like finish top three in the East again, um, get back to the NBA Finals, and get over the hump, that trophy back in Boston for Banner 18. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, I know- You've also been a mindset guy, and you're talking about the goals that you're writing down makes me think of the journaling process, meditative, whatever you're getting into. But outside of the strict regimen that the team obviously will keep you on, what do you do yourself that's part of your process of preparing, part of your own disciplinary? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I get into the gym like 8 a.m. each day, and then I leave probably like by like 1 or 2. So I got a lot of time afterwards throughout the night to kind of do what I feel I, I need to do and it's not always like a certain thing that I do every single day, but like some days it'll just be like, I mean, I'm going to jump in the Norman text. If anyone doesn't know what those is, it's a compression uh, like leg sleeve that helps with uh, recovery. I jump in those for like 30, 45 minutes, watch some TV and just relax and just get off my phone. And some days it'll be, let me, let me go read a chapter of a book or something like that. So I wouldn't say there's one thing that I always turn to, but uh, it's, that day is what I need, so that's how I go about it. What are you watching these days, man? What's the go-to show for you? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I'm trying to think what the name of this is. Blanking. You know, I've been rewatching Outer Banks because season three is coming out. Or yeah, you getting caught up in soon. Outer Banks. <laughs> uh, rewatching that. Um, been watching Scandal. You ever heard of that? Yeah, I have. With my fiance. It's not yep. my favorite, but she always has it on, so I kind of tune in. Yep. Uh, might get some some back. Bachelor in Paradise is, is back on. For <laughs> Solid. Yes. Solid. So yes, I've been tuning in. It's actually – I've got it recorded. It started like at 8 o'clock, so I'm recording oh, sorry, it, watching it tomorrow. It. Go, go have a glass of red and enjoy, man. Snuggle <laughs> up on that couch. That, that's what tomorrow's for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got I got to give a shout out to one of the one of uh, a top listeners of pursuing the process. Andy Mays listens, watches The Bachelor every freaking week. So you and you Respect. and him have that in common. That's a close buddy of mine. But now he's validated because he's heard you say that because we give him shit all the time for that. Respect. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of the <laughs> I'm more of the Bachelor in Paradise guy. I don't know. The Bachelor and Bachelorette is a little too much for me. But shout out to that guy. It's a little too much. Isn't Bachelor in Paradise even more drama? They just bring like everybody in this montage on island? It is, which makes it even better. (laughs) 
<laughs> so bachelor and the bachelor just aren't enough it sounds like exactly wait so exactly. so 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 two two wisconsin guys uh with me on this so have you guys seen that Dahmer documentary yet on netflix no it scares the shit out of me it creeps me out so no? yeah i'm a little like johnny i watched the first episode and it creeped me out enough to where I don't, I don't want to watch it. I don't think it's, it's too, and I've heard it's very, very graphic from others oh. who have watched it. Yeah. So yeah, I think I I'll really... pass then. I don't like dark shit like that. So I, as much as I'm intrigued by the whole Jeffrey Dahmer story and the, you know, obviously it, a lot of it happened in, in Milwaukee. I just, maybe yeah. I'll pass then. Yeah. yeah it's, it doesn't, no, doesn't I, I think I like fun. to have this, thought that i'm like a self-aware like mentally tough person and then i'll watch something like that and i'm like i'm such a freaking little wussy like i can't i can't handle that that's that's no bueno i don't I, yeah i don't no i don't need to see people putting body parts in a freezer you know yeah like, i'm good no nope. yeah nope. i think Give i'm shivers thinking about it but one I'm other good. thing you had said in that even a little routine saying is you said put the phone away and i don't know if that's something you deliberately do but is that anything for you that just helps you clear the mind just focus on whatever it is or just even relax because i'm sure you got people hitting you up left and right there's always something to scroll on get lost in a death scroll on Instagram, you name it. So what is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it is, it is hard to get away from the phone when, you know, I'm just chilling, but, uh, I think it's good just to kind of reset and get away from whatever's on the internet nowadays. Like you can, you know, sometimes you be on Instagram or Twitter and all of a sudden you can start seeing negative stuff on there that you just don't want to see. and You didn't even try to see it. So I think just stepping away for, I mean, it could be 10 minutes, it could be an hour, however long you really think you need. But I think 30 minutes is enough for me to mm-hmm. just chill, hang out, get get back to neutral and, and uh, just reset. You know, one one thing that you just brought up recently, as you've gotten um, more more time on the court here in the preseason, is the uh, the energy that you feel when you're out there. And I know that Boston's obviously known as a great sports town. I'm a huge Yankee fan, so I hate the Red Sox, but, but I, I, do appreciate, I do appreciate the energy that Boston fans bring, and I'm sure that you're starting to feel a little bit of that. Can you just maybe give us a sense of what that's like when you're out in the court? Yeah, no, it's, uh, you're right. You hit it on the head. The, the, it's definitely a sports town, um, especially yeah. for the Celtics. Uh, yes. it's, it's pretty special. You know, you go other places in the NBA, and it's just not the same. It's really not. You know, these fans are crazy. It yeah. really, it's crazy. Um, but, you know, last year I didn't really get to play much other than kind of like at the end of the games when the, the energy is kind of down and, you know, people are starting to leave and that type of thing. So being yeah. out there in the preseason where I'm playing in meaningful minutes has been pretty cool to kind of feel that. And obviously I've made some shots in front of them and yes. uh, that's been cool. So I'm looking forward to what it's like throughout the season. There's something cool about playing for crazy fan base like that, though, too. People who are that <laughs> dialed in and passionate. I've experienced it firsthand. I mean, one of my best yeah. buddies, everyone claims they're an NBA fan if they watch, right? I have a buddy I used to live with over in New Zealand. He's actually either dialed in, listens to, watches every single game. And then just recently, I had a roommate. He was a subletter out here in San Francisco from one of our buddies. And there was one day where all of a sudden I just hear like, this belligerent screaming out in the living room. Like, what is going on right now? Like, is someone dying? Like, is people in a fight? And he is two inches from the TV, just screaming at it. It was one of the early playoffs <laughs> games for the Celts. He just kept screaming, wow. Grant wow. Williams! Grant Williams! I'm like, yo, like, I'm working. You got you to gotta keep it down in here. But I'll, like, I'll let Grant know that. I'll let Grant yeah. know he's got Yeah, would you please? Yeah, yeah sure. He'll want to know that. Here. He, loved, <laughs> exactly. he loved betting on Grant Williams. He always took the over. 
Yeah, let's take the Grant it. Williams points over all day. I love that. Love so on that. the on, on the flip side, though, what are you bracing yourself for when you miss a couple in a row? I mean, it, it, it happens. Um, you don't really know how you're going to react when it happens, but it's going to happen. So um, it will. I've had times where I'm I'm pretty like body language negative uh, reaction. <laughs> there's times where I'm just kind of stone faced. Um, but I think the best thing to do is just keep letting it fly, and then. Yeah, that's you right. Know, good thing, good things mentality. usually happen. Good things uh-huh. usually happen when you keep letting it fly. That's right. It's true. I feel like you've always had the calm, cool, collective athletic mindset. There's something about athletic mindset where you, you're the one on the court. You can't listen to fans, positive or negative, like feed up energy, but don't let it get in your head when things are going well. Don't let it get you down when things are going poor. But how do you kind of use your own barometer of judgment to figure out who to actually listen to and who to just tune out and know that you've got to focus on your game? Yeah, I mean, kind of like what you said, like when you're on the floor – as crazy as it sounds, you don't even really notice the fans that much. You're kind of just locked in on what's going on with your team yeah. and, and how, you know, you're going to execute the game plan. And really the only guys I'm listening to are the coaches or my teammates when I'm on the floor. So kind of just put it at that, you know, it's, it's definitely, I mean, there's definitely, you hear things for sure, but it's not like every single play I'm, I'm noticing what the fans are doing or saying. So, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if there's any loyal Sam Hauser fans or people that have watched you throughout your career, anything that you've really focused on in the off season that you're adding to your game? I mean, you got, you gotten faster. You, you got like up, 360 dunks. What am I expecting here? Um, in terms of like what I've been working on is just like quicker release. Um, a lot of three point shooting. Haven't really needed to add much to my game, knowing like what my role is going to be. It's yep. going to be space the floor, find openings, make shots when I'm open. Um, really, the the thing that I've kind of focused on is defense and holding my own in isolation situations and being a good team defender, really. So, um, have I gotten faster or quicker? Maybe. I don't oh, know. I mean, maybe. Oh. I feel good out there. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully it looks like that on TV. But uh, I think those are the main things that I've worked on, though. If you were to identify a singular difference between the college and pro game, what would you say is the biggest difference? Yeah, I just think um, just everyone's – you're playing against the best 450 players in the world. Um, Everyone's so good. Everyone's just bigger, faster, stronger than what you're accustomed to in college. So speed of the game is faster. The way played is different. Um, Guys are – you know, you're playing against grown men. Like, guys are strong. a lot of things are different. It's it's not like it's not a smooth transition for everyone, uh, but uh, definitely something you got to get used to. So, speaking of the uh, college game, what do you what do you make of the recent developments of you know paying players for their name, image, and likeness? And what do you think that's doing for college basketball in particular? <clears throat> no, honestly, I think it's a good thing. Um, uh, I, I think it, it should have been happening a long time ago. Honestly, uh, yeah. You know, when you're in college, you're you're basically treated as a professional without the title because you're a student athlete is what they say, which is it's not true. Like, yeah, coaches can say it all they want. Like they, they preach academics and all that. But they know, like the sport comes first in college at, at a high level program. So that's the way I viewed it when I was in college. Sorry to all the professors, but <laughs> I cared. I cared way more about the sport I was playing than my academics, honestly. So. I think it should have been happening for a while, but you know, I'm just seeing it with Joey now. He's starting to get some NIL deals and um, getting some money off it. So it's been pretty cool to to like 
kind of go through him to see what it's like. So I think it's really cool what they're doing with it. Yeah, dude, you had to gra- you had to wait till you graduated to get that big Len Dude Us Motors endorsement, dude. So tough. <laughs> I know. I know. Couldn't have, couldn't have just waited another year. Yeah. Uh, I, when I went to Stevens Point, I was running through there on a vacation RV trip that I went on with my buddies, and I sent Johnny a, a picture of me underneath that Len Dude Us sign with with you with you <laughs> on there. It was right next to the restaurant I was at uh, that day. So that's uh, good stuff. Yeah, man. I, I I couldn't miss that opportunity to <laughs> capture sure. the moment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, so you brought in that perspective, and you also had you had some excitement going on actually giving back into the local community, which is actually really cool. It seemed very successful. Yeah. But so for those that don't know, Sam hosted his first ever Sam Hauser basketball official camp. I'm not sure if my title's right on that, but back at the uh, high school, Stevens Point. And what – I can figure out kind of what sparked it. I don't want to tee up some boring-ass question, but what did it was more of the feeling for you actually being back and having – kids look up to you for guidance being the figure of a role model back in a hometown what did that do for you yeah yeah um honestly it came out of it kind of just hit me one day I must I must have saw something on Instagram about someone like promoting a camp and I'm like you know I think that'd be pretty cool to do so I called my parents I'm like what what would you guys think about this and they're like yeah yeah that'd be a good idea you need this 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 I'm like okay I'll just turn out the idea I don't need the whole rundown of what I need to do yet but uh Honestly, what it stems from is that, like, when I was coming up, uh, even, you know, in point, like, there wasn't anyone in the NBA that was coming back or running camps a lot uh, where we grew up in central Wisconsin. So we didn't necessarily have someone we could turn to and and look up to that came from where we came from and kind of came along the same journey. So I thought it'd be pretty cool to bring it back to Stevens Point at the high school and just have just have a camp and, and show that I like try to show perspective of like I was where you guys were one day and if you work hard. Um obviously some some things have to go your way, but you never know where you can get like so mm-hmm. that was a big reason why it sparked me to, to start a camp and um you know I'll I'm going to give a bunch of the money back to the school for some stuff, like a, a donation to like a flat screen, touch screen thing that my dad's putting together or something like that. <laughs> so uh, I think that stuff's cool, giving back. And um, yeah, I thought it went really well. Oh, for sure. I mean, one of my favorite books is The Go-Giver. If you're not familiar with it, it's all around the concept of business, life principles, that true happiness often comes from the selflessness of being able to give. So I love that yeah. you have a perspective there. Obviously, you're in a spot right now you're focused you have a lot ahead of you and barring hopefully you stay healthy things go well momentum continue to generate but what can you give i think is always a lens people should look at a little more in life and that can open up a lot of unique opportunities and doors for people for sure yeah yeah that's definitely it was a motive behind that for sure so i i want to ask the question jb is eager to ask and we're gonna put you on the spot here we know you're engaged to mary wonderful wonderful badger by the way woman after yeah. my heart uh, so, so the question is, so I know you're getting married next year. Um, is, is Johnny Barnes going to be officiating your wedding? Everyone wants to know this. Uh, we haven't gotten to that step. Of the oh, okay. Process, so. <laughs> whoa, 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 buddy. We'll oh, leave whoa, it at whoa. that. <laughs> Are you still taking applications at least? Oh yeah. It's a wide open application <laughs> process right now. So Dude, then I'm, your, then I'm going to apply. Your resume. I'm going to apply your resume. That. Yeah, For sure. <laughs> I love he it. and I, he and I have exactly the same number of officiated weddings. So, 
I, I'm going right. to take him on head to head. I'm going to bump you though. I got, I got my third coming up next summer. So watch Ooh, out, Mr. Climbing the Ladder. Listen to Johnny Barnes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> Sam, stuff. I'm still confused. You must have just had the wrong number for a bit, but I never got my text to actually come in and be a coach for that camp. I know someone could have used probably like a dribble drill or at least like Full court water's drill. out or something. I could have found a role, man. I could have been there. Yeah, you know, if we wanted just like a gritty grit and grind station, that would have been you. How to pick how to pick up full court on defense. Exactly by Johnny Barnes. Full court press uh, by Johnny Barnes or how to take a charge. That's yeah, right. absolutely could have that's done another that. one. Yeah. Intangibles, baby. How to get a bright red face and like pissed off and get the little like neck twerk that's yep. going. A little twitch. Start to freak out. A little, twitch. A little angry squirrel getting in there. Was 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 John, was Johnny pretty intense, Sam, in, in basketball? Did you get fired Johnny up? Was a, Johnny was intense, man. I mean, I loved it though. He, he got me going when I was <laughs> I was a young dude coming out. He got me going the way he played. So, yeah, Johnny was a hooper, right? <laughs> oh, there's a bit when we actually used to compete. And like Sam was fifth grade, I was seventh grade. We had our little three point shooting con- contest, all that good stuff. I think I might beat him once in my career, so that'll be my token I can hang my hat on. Yeah, the, you beat the before <laughs> pre puberty Sam in three point shooting. That's right. Back when you were only six foot, and I was only five foot flat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, it seems from an extra point, just a lot of momentum. So many good things coming up in life. A lot going on in progress here. What has been triggering the smiles and laughters in your life right now? Yeah, I mean, um, I think just trying to enjoy where I'm at. Um, not look too far ahead. Not look backwards. Just kind of be present. Um, I've had a lot of cool things happen in the last year and over the summer and just trying to take it all in and enjoy it and know that, uh, you know, stuff like this, especially on the court is pretty rare. And then off the court, you know, it's just an exciting time for my fiance and I, and, um, you know, getting things put together for our wedding. So it's, there's a lot of cool things happening in my life and, um, it, it's just a, it's a pretty cool time. Yeah. Yeah. And people around you, I know. You get to a bigger level. Everyone wants to gravitate. You are a magnet of sorts for that. How can people that may not even know you that well or know you from a distance just support you? Yeah, I mean, um, like, you know, I keep my circle tight for the most part. Um, I kind of have, like, my whole life, honestly. So it's not like I'm branching out to reach out to others that I don't really know that well anymore. So, but overall, like, I mean, if people watch and support the Celtics, that's that's pretty cool. And, you know, are just genuinely excited to see, like, especially if you're from my area, just excited to see a kid from Wisconsin make it. That's that's yeah. the – I know I thought it was always the coolest thing when a guy from Wisconsin made it to the NBA. So anybody who's coming up, like, if you make it to the NBA, like, I'm going to for sure, you know, reach out and say congrats because I think it's some of the coolest things. Yeah. His dream's coming true. Absolutely, yeah. man. As as a kid from Wisconsin, I can appreciate that. And you know, you've made it to the upper echelon of professional basketball, and that is a rare era that you're in right now, man. So, congratulations on that, dude. We're proud of you. Yeah, for sure. I know you're too that. humbled to ever say it, but I mean, knowing Sam from a younger age always has been truly a down in the weeds, like not afraid to put in the work, never a big ego, like you said, Sam. You've always kept your circles tight. You haven't been this boisterous, braggadocious. Look what I can do. Look how good I am. I've always been yeah. just a humble, good-hearted guy, and I think that's that's what inspires people most. People who do know you and see you succeed, you're you're an easy person to root for. So you got a lot of fans back in Wisconsin. I'm sure you're developing out east too. 
All right, we don't have to toot my horn that much now. Come on, appreciate oh, come it. Come on, give, give me some love through the phone. Come I on. appreciate it. I appreciate it, Johnny. <laughs> uh, but on a closing note here, any advice for you have for youngsters or even other people that may be in a similar age, but just a totally different walk of life right now of what they got going on, of just a mental piece, what you've learned throughout your life so far, anything around your process you can share with our pursuers? Yeah, I would just say kind of what I just touched on is just be present uh, where you're at, be where your feet are, and uh, enjoy all aspects of life, whether it's good or bad, because uh, you never know where your life's going to take you. Every day is a new adventure, so just enjoy it while you can, because, you know, tomorrow's not necessarily given, so I would say just enjoy it. That's awesome mm-hmm. advice, man. I, I, I have a uh, a fortune from a, uh, a fortune cookie on my on my desk, and it says, enjoy life. There's no dress rehearsal. So I think that's a good reminder of that. Man. Just yeah, I love that. Be where you're at, man. Just enjoy the ride. I love sure. the quote. It cracks me up that you have a fortune cookie note, though. I was expecting <laughs> it to be like some canvas from a travel in Thailand. Like, you got a fortune cookie note. I love that. Dude, it's just a little tiny piece of paper sitting on my desk, man. Yeah, but it, I love that. It works. Whatever reminders we need. Got to customize right. our environment to really yeah. create that mindset that we all strive for. So, exactly. Sam, thank you again for sharing your time with us. Appreciate you hopping on. I'll let you get going because I know Bachelor in Paradise is probably wrapping up about now and you're excited <laughs> to get to it. So we can hop. But thank you so much, man. Always a pleasure having you. No problem. Appreciate you guys having me back. Hopefully Sam, we can do it again. We appreciate it, dude. Hope the Celtics come to Fiserv coming up soon. So I want to wand your family again. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're there in February. So look for the February right. schedule. As you get Sweet. On yeah. All right, dude. I'm in. All right. Sounds good. All right. Peace. See you, dude. Peace. And there you have it. We officially have a return guest. So closing out that one, always reflections coming off the episodes. thought that went quite well to have our first return guest ever and kind of special to have someone who was early on in this process for us a year ago as we're celebrating this anniversary and how we like to close our segments, reflecting on what we've learned, what we take away from it. Todd, I'm going to throw it over to you. What's it all about? JB, I've got two reflections here in answering your question. Number one is when you are really more of a selfish one. When you have a return guest, you get to compare interview one against interview two. And I will say, while I enjoyed both interviews tremendously and Sam did a wonderful job in both of them, uh, I think we did a much better job in this one. I already feel it. I feel like we were more natural. I feel like it was a, more of a conversation. I think that signals, JB, how far we've come in the year that we've been doing this. Not to say at all that we've mastered our craft. We are amateurs in the definition of the word. But I, I, I can see a difference in the way that we are, are um, recording these and, and putting them out and, and interacting with the, our guests and I'm excited about that. I see the evolution of myself for sure. Second point that I want to make is Sam's story reminds me of that classic quote, which is success um, is the intersection between hard work and opportunity. And there's no doubt in my mind, Sam Hauser has worked his butt off to get where he is and just needed that opportunity where the roster lined up the right way. Unfortunately for the other player, there was an injury that allowed Sam to get a roster spot. But he worked hard enough to put himself in that position so that when the time came, whether it was going to be with the Celtics or another team, he was going to be ready. And I am I'm proud of him. I don't even know him that well. I've you know, met him a couple times now, but I'm proud of him. I'm rooting for him. I am. I hate to say it. I might even be like beyond behind the box like a Celtics fan. And, um, <laughs> you know, I just I love the story. I love the story of perseverance. I love the story of, uh, you know, that that tenacity that it takes to get to that level. And um I hope he makes it. I hope he makes it big time. And, you know, obviously his first professional contract is a huge indication of that, but 
Um, I, I will be one of his biggest fans. So that's my um, takeaway, JB. You are so hooked now. You are such a closet Celtics fan. You, you are you are in, man. You are and I in. hate I hate Boston sports with a passion too. It's really hard for me. Hopefully he gets traded. Oh, you you hate that you love it. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, so JB, what's it all about for you, bud? You you've known him for a long, long time since you guys were kids. Um, but what's it all about for you, man? Reflecting on that, knowing that we met each other through middle school, played ball together growing up. And then even over the past few years, seeing him in college and then now in the NBA. And also realizing that he's still, what, 24, 25 years old. It made me really think about my own relationship with time. That may sound strange, but maybe some other of our pursuers can relate to this, where we're in such a striving mode. Anyone who's 20s, 30s, 40s, however you view your life, we're striving towards something. But then having that macro level patience of realizing, wow, if we take care of our minds, our bodies, and... God willing, a little bit of good luck. We'll have a lot of life ahead of us yet. So to see how hard he's worked, but then also how much time scale he has ahead of him to let this opportunity unfold, to let his hard work pay off. It really is putting in the work and finding a way to enjoy the process that you are in, whether that's NBA, a job, a workout habit, a reading habit, whatever you're trying to build in your life, getting momentum and getting equity in whatever you're doing, seeing that there is a level of patience you have to have in a relationship with time that's healthy, knowing that it's not all going to happen right away. Sam didn't expect to come in and be the star player right away. So we worked on a two-way contract back and forth, played well in G League, then came up, got a contract. I'm sure he'll get a little more playing time this year, and we'll see how it builds. So it really is putting in the hard work, like you said, so when the opportunity comes, you can take advantage. But the patience along the way to not expect everything to happen at once, not expect instant gratification when you do something good or work hard. And that was something I reflect on quite a bit coming off this conversation. Well, and for him, um, you know, there's obviously some major milestones and life milestones he's going through right now. You know, uh, got an NBA contract, he's getting married. Like there's some major things to celebrate, but sometimes life doesn't present you with those major milestones. And it, it is sometimes hard to know what those things to celebrate are and what the, you know, the little things are that you should be reflecting on and celebrating too, because life is not about the destination as we've talked many, many times about, it's about the journey and mm -hmm. it's about pursuing the process. And um, I, I guess that's another takeaway for me too, is just continually celebrating the things that are in our lives that, that we enjoy, things that are, we're grateful for. And, um, you know, I think we all got to be careful that we don't just focus on the end game and that we enjoy the ride. Mm. And we're gonna make this actionable for you pursuers the challenge is going to be thrown out from the week after you listen to this episode find something to celebrate it can be the littlest thing in your life it can be something big but find a reason to celebrate and go do something special keep building in your own lives creating memories opportunities for yourself keep pursuing the process and thank you for being along for this ride we're a year in excited for more to come